Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Dr. Jean Bereson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Well, today I'm flying solo. Steve Schlossman is out in Kansas, hopefully talking with his parents about substances, because that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is the second part of our series on the use of and misuse of substances among youth, and we're delighted to have a really great crew here. As you've known from last time, we focused on Addiction-Free Futures, which is a project in Massachusetts, and today we have uh, Courtney Cello, who's the uh, manager of the Children's Mental Health Campaign and is the leader, I should say, of the Addiction-Free Future Project in Massachusetts. We have members of the HOPE Coalition and the Youth Advisory Group to Addiction-Free Futures, and I'd like to welcome Kai, Godwina, and Tamara, who are members of this coalition, and they're here with Courtney. So, Courtney, why don't you remind us a little bit about what Addiction-Free Futures is and where it's been since the last time we talked. Sure. So the Addiction Free Futures Project is an initiative we're working on here in Massachusetts. Uh, it's actually part of a five-state initiative called True Talk Power of Prevention. And in all five states, there is an effort to increase access to a set of tools known as ESPERT, uh, which is not a character on Sesame Street. Uh, but stands for Screening, Brief Intervention, and Referral to Treatment, which we talked quite a lot about in the previous podcast. Uh, urge folks to give that a listen if they want to learn more about how that works. But it's tools for prevention of substance use by youth and for identifying substance use early if experimentation has already begun. And so as part of that work, uh, we wanted to make sure that teen voices and young adult voices were at the center because we can't talk about how to prevent youth substance use without knowing what youth think about substance use, what messages they're seeing in the media, and how they respond to that. And I would say that youth voices are probably more important to other youth than adults. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, you'd rather hear it from each other than hear from some old guy like me, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So so let's let's start. Let's start this conversation. So where did where did you first learn about drugs and alcohol? I mean, what what did you see here? What were your experiences? Where did you first kind of uh, hear about these things? I know for myself growing up, I was just always told that drugs were bad from parents. I didn't actually know exactly why or see anybody um Abusing drugs, I just was always told, don't do drugs, you're bad for you. Growing up on TV shows um, where they had, like, the families, the family TV shows, like, no, TV shows that had a family, like, the show to Family Life, they said that, like, they portray drugs as something bad and something we should not do. That's what my parents said growing up. That's what I heard, and, you know, that's how I was brought up. And then when I went to high school... I learned about drugs, and then in my high school, marijuana seems to be very big, and people are very laid back and say that marijuana doesn't like do anything bad. It's not bad. It's not bad as alcohol. Alcohol kills, but like marijuana just makes you hungry. So I don't know. I had I had to like reconsider a lot of things and like question what my parents said and what TV said, and then had to include the mindset of my uh, my peers. 
And yes. Well, what made you? What made you even question it? Why didn't you just accept what your what your friends were saying about it? Well, growing up, I had like in my like family background, I had to be very obedient to my parents. But growing up, like in school, going to high school, I had to. I made friends, and it's just the things they said. It, it made sense to me. Like alcohol, I hear like. Driving under the influence, and then people getting killed, and car crashes, and people killing when they're drunk, and then when they talk about marijuana, they say that、um, they just feel very relaxed and hungry, and I don't know, they just feel it, it made sense to me because if marijuana just makes you like relax, opposed to alcohol where it makes you very like not thinking straight. It made me question. So that's where it came from.、Um, growing up, just like Tamara said, like my parents always told me that like drugs were bad and that they weren't good. But also, like growing up in the neighborhood that I lived in when I was younger, like people would like leave needles and like do like a bunch of drugs, and you would like see like the needles on the ground, like walking and stuff. Yeah. And so, how did what did that do to you? What did what did you think? It was just like really scary because like. You could like be walking and step on it, and you wouldn't like even know. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so those are that was a negative experience. Did you guys? What do you think though about the messages that you get from pop culture? You know, you know, this references to drugs in in TV and movies and songs and T-shirts and I mean, what 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 are the messages that 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 teenagers are getting? I feel like um, particularly rappers. I feel like they make. Um, drugs look like something that's kind of cool and doesn't really affect their life negatively. They kind of have this ideal, ideal lifestyle of you know they're getting money and they're having a good time and they might smoke here and there, but it's not really affecting them. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, oh, I mean, look at them—they're living good and they're doing this. So maybe if I did it, I wouldn't be asked. Like, nothing really bad would happen. So, anybody else? Yeah. Um. Well, I see it as an apparel. Because I see people walking around with like socks and T-shirts with the marijuana leaf,、uh-huh. and I feel like I don't know. It's like normal for them to wear. That's what I feel like is going on. That marijuana is becoming normal, just like how it's being legalized. And I don't know. Like I don't. So know. is this confusing? I mean, you're getting different. It sounds like you're getting mixed messages. Some friends are saying your marijuana is cool, and the rappers are saying you know drugs are you know chill or whatever. And what what what. Does that confuse you guys? I feel like a lot of kids are confused about marijuana. They just have this like idea of, all right, it's bad. But I feel like kids wear the clothes because they sell it in stores, and you see rappers wearing it, and a lot of people look up to them because I mean they're rappers or they're singers and they're famous. So they see them wearing it. They are kind of confused off of, like the consequences that can happen from actually taking these drugs, but they're just kind of doing what everybody else is doing. So I feel like a lot of people are confused about it, but they're kind of just, you know, just doing what everybody else. So let's let's talk about how you clear up confusion. I mean, certainly some adults like Courtney, among others, know the real story about about drugs and alcohol. What is it? Have you talked with adults? Are there adults around that that you guys have, or you know that kids can talk to? In school, I really don't have anyone to talk to. The only time drugs were brought up was because it was a curriculum thing in health class. My parents.、Uh, Not not the best person to go to. <laughs> Why?、Um, Why not? Well, when I、um, was in a sexual education class, 
and I went home and then I told them like, oh, I learned this in school. And then they said, oh, because you're learning it, now you're going to go do it. So I feel like if I said I learned about drugs, they'll think I'm doing drugs. That's, that's how my parents are. But Google has been a very good help when I just search it up. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to worry about people thinking I'm doing it because I want to learn about it. So it's just easy to look it up and finding like factual stuff, not like what people telling me and what people think, like what they think. The first time I ever like had a conversation about like drugs or alcohol was when I was entering my freshman year in high school. And I remember my mom telling me that, like, I'm going to have, like, there's a lot of people in, like, high school that are, like, doing drugs and alcohol. And she said that, like, they're going to try to convince me to do it. But just, like, keep on doing what I'm doing and don't follow what they're doing. So in your case, your your parent was very helpful. Yeah. As far as in school, I took um, a health class and I also took a sexual education class. So um, my teacher provided me with a lot of information about drugs and some people f- shared personal stories. So I kind of had someone I could ask questions to and they wouldn't, um, since they're not my parent, they wouldn't just tell me what I want to hear and be scared to tell me the truth be- of fear. Like I said that I might be doing it. They'll kind of just tell me the honest um, truth about whatever I'm asking them. And also I've had friends, I've had parents, I've um, suffered from substance abuse, rather it be like alcohol. So knowing like how it affects them and how they feel about it, I've also learned that it's not just affecting that person. It kind of has a, a toll on their whole entire family. So so, so what, what suggestions would you give to other kids about who to talk, what adults should they go to? Who should they go to? I feel like if they have parents that they know are strict and may question what they're doing, I feel like seeking people in school is number one because, I mean, they're teaching that class, so they must have some type of, like, degree to teach whatever they're teaching or some type of certificate. So, you know, they can be very helpful and they tend to know what they're talking about. So, so like guidance counselors? Guidance counselors, health teachers. Sometimes if you're really close to even just, like, a regular academic teacher, a lot of the times yeah. they know. How about, about coaches? Are, do they, do they, are they pretty helpful? I would say yes, because I'm like gym coaches. They know a lot about like fitness and health, so yeah. I feel like they're good at answering like things you put in your body. How can it affect you know you? You may feel weak. Like I know my gym teacher; she was very good when it came to um like the body and what you know affects your body and all that. One of the things that we've been working on together over the last year as part of the Addiction Free Futures Project is making sure that all high schools and middle schools in the state offer expert the having conversations about substance use via the school nurse's office uh, in at least two grade levels. So that means that over the next few years, as districts implement this, there will be at least one person on site in most school districts who actually has training uh, and additional background in how to talk with a student about substance use in a way that gets past the judgment or the assumptions that Kai and Tamara were just talking about. So SBIRD is really going to be in every school in the state of Massachusetts? Yes, it will. And there will be a trained person? There will. Uh, the school nurse and the guidance team will be trained. Great. And so they'll be identified for students to kind of go to them. Now, let me ask you guys another question. Is there any resistance to going to an adult? I mean, do, do peers or kids your age think like, you know, well, just don't talk to an adult about drugs or alcohol because that's not cool? I feel like it depends on the adult because if if we think that this teacher um, is going to tell on our parents because of what we asked, that that's where the fear comes in. But 
if there's a um, environment where there's no judgment, where we're allowed to learn and ask questions without like worrying about what comes after, I feel like that's the adult we want to go to. Someone who's designated to us to like ask what we want to know and to learn about like the uncertainties we have. Great. Now, you mentioned Google. Are there other resources that you know about that might be useful for, for, uh, for teenagers? Are there hotlines? Are there any other resources that you would recommend? No. Um, besides Google, nothing else has been made known to me about my questions that I have. Um, Darwina and I actually work for the Edward M. Kennedy Community Health Center in um, Worcester, Massachusetts. So we hand out pamphlets to kids or mostly teenagers. And a lot of times we provide them information about sexual education along with drug abuse and all that other teen violence. So I feel like that could be a facility that could kind of um, answer some questions that teens may have. Cool. Now, let's move on to another whole area of, of importance here, and that is how you know, peers, friends, kids your age kind of can talk with each other and how they evaluate, you know, drugs and alcohol. So you mentioned, Kai, that you were told that marijuana is okay. But so do you think that teenagers feel that some things are okay and some things are like really bad? I mean, is there a ranking of different kinds of substances that are safer or more dangerous than others? I think Drugs can be labeled as good or bad, depending like how they're used. Because if you take too much, that's too much, and you can die from it. But if you take the right amount to have like a restorative effect on you, like Advil, that, that can help you with pain. But if you take too much, it's bad for you. Like marijuana, I don't know. Like It's bad for you, but some people use it for like pain and anxiety or depression. And then there's stuff like meth or heroin that's like... That's like hardcore bad. It's like, oh, you want to stay away from that? Um, I don't know. It's just like the effects that you know that come come after that you, when you use it. So, I guess how I would like label these drugs or criterize them as good or bad is the harmful effects that it would have on you. I feel like um, teenagers look at things that they don't know about as more um, severe than other drugs. So marijuana, for instance, I feel like teens hear about it and some teens take marijuana so they like know um, information or how they feel about it. So they're like, oh, that's not bad. But as far as drugs, like maybe heroin or meth, I feel like they don't know anyone that's actually taking it. Like as far as the youth, so they look at it as, oh, stay away from that. That's very bad. So the more aware they are of drugs, I feel like the more they label it as, oh, that's not that bad. So let's get to the the subject about peers talking to peers. I mean, are you guys trained or are you getting training in how to talk with each other or with other kids your age about about substances and alcohol? Speaking for me and Galmina, we are trained because with our job, we have to go out in the community and talk to kids about substance abuse. And we do a lot of training on that and how to approach problems. And if they ask questions, to let them know if we know or we simply don't know. And sometimes we like um, write down their questions and we'll come back the next day with answers from people that are probably more trained on a certain topic so personally yes even like when we like on wednesdays when we have like meetings for um the hope coalition we have in the past we had events based on like drug and alcohol and like we would invite a bunch of like teens from the community and like we would sit down and like educate them based on drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. and stuff would you like to see more peer counseling or peer education in, in, in drugs as part of, of this this project? 
I would like to see more peer education because I feel like a lot, if a lot of kids knew, like, the the background behind like, the drugs that they use, then they wouldn't take it. Yeah, and, and what I was suggesting earlier is that, in my experience, is that if you've got, you know, kids your age that know a lot more about this than others, I mean, other kids are going to listen to them. So so we should we should work on that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Okay, so now let's let's say you are let's say that you know of a kid who's in trouble. What do what do you what do you do? And what do you recommend for other kids who see kids around them that are kind of misusing substances? I feel like for kids that misuse substances, I feel like there's always like a, ba- a background story behind it. I don't feel like kids wake up and they're like, oh, I want to be addicted to this drug. There's, there's something they're going through that's much deeper than what they're showing. So if I had a friend that I'm very close with and I know that something's wrong, I'll try to be a friend to them and kind of figure out what's wrong with them. I know I probably wouldn't be able to help them as much because I'm not a professional, but I feel like at least being there for them may help and figuring out what's wrong with them. And then maybe we can move on from there and seek professional help from someone that's probably older and then who would you go to i personally probably go to like my dance coach a lot of all my all my friends basically all of my dance team cool and my dance coach she's very um someone that's always like listen to the kids and i feel like she's very um educated and kind of just someone you can always go to if you have a problem because she kind of knows a little bit of everything even if she hasn't tried it so i feel like that's somebody definitely i'd go to so it might be good advice for teenagers to kind of like identify adults in their lives that they really trust and they would send a friend to if they were in trouble or that you would go to. I mean, what do you do when you see a friend or, you know, who's in trouble and who you think is in trouble? When I was at my college orientation, they did a little scenario about that. So this kid was having problems like depression and drug use and, well, in the scenario, a friend was very concerned and didn't know what to do. They felt helpless. They didn't like to, they didn't like to see their friend in such a um, state of being. So they just went to like their RA, their is that what's called the RA, the room advisor. So they went to there, um, that person, and then told what was going on, and he got the help that he needed or she needed. And then months later, in the scenario. The person who was in trouble told the friend that, thank you, I got the help I needed, I'm better now, and if it wasn't for you, I would have like been going downhill. So like, using what I saw at my college orientation to what we're talking about right now, let's say if you're in school and then you know your friend's in trouble with drugs or anything, go to your guidance counselor. Like You don't want to get your friend in trouble. Like If you know they're doing drugs, like... I wouldn't want to get my friend in trouble, but let's say there's something serious going on, like addiction, and it's really deteriorating their life, then I would go to my guidance counselor and tell them what's going on with my friend just so they can get the help they need. So we're just about out of time, but is there, are there any words of wisdom that you guys have? Uh, is there any advice that you'd like to give the parents, the teachers, the adults out there who are listening to you guys speak? Because your voice is really important. What would be some what would be some advice you would want to give? For parents, I feel like um parents should trust their kids, but I feel like they shouldn't be in denial. I've noticed that a lot of times parents are like, Oh, um, they feel like their kids got into trouble. Oh, it must be that Jacob or that um Margaret that's getting you in trouble. I feel like a lot of times parents don't know, maybe your kids just, you know, 
fallen down the wrong path. So I feel like they should be there for them instead of assuming that there's somebody else that's making them a certain way. So you want to trust your kids and know they're doing the right thing because you're giving them all you can. But also don't be in denial. And if you see something's going wrong, ask them. Because ask them a lot of times it's not them following steps of other children. I feel like if parents, like if some parents were less strict, I feel like when like parents are strict, their kids like tend to do stuff behind their back. So I feel like if they were like less strict, then like probably their kids will be able to talk to them more. My advice would be to parents, like what kind of environment do they want their house to be? So do they want their kids to be very secretive around them and not letting them know what's going on? Or do parents want to create an environment where they want their kids to be very open and trusting with them? So that's my advice. What kind of environment do you want your like home to be? Well, you guys are great. You, you, you should be counselors. Courtney, do you, you have the final word. Do you want to kind of sum things up? Sure. I just would want to add, sir, in the spirit of your last question, that every time I sit down with our youth advisory group, I learn something new. Uh, it really has been an illuminating experience. And I think the strongest message that I have taken away from this is that adults need to be less scared to start a conversation about substance use with youth and young adults. It is really scary as a young person when you're sitting in the position of potentially getting in trouble or getting a lecture, getting yelled at, getting grounded, uh, or worse, to start that conversation. And so it really needs to be on adults in the community to reach out to young people, start the conversation in a way that's, again, not judgmental uh, and not about figuring someone out and getting them in trouble, but getting supports for people if they need them. I want to thank you all for being here. We're a pioneering state, one of five in the country that's doing this kind of an effort, and I think we've got really great leaders here. So if anybody who's listening wants to kind of write a comment or just do it online, and um, uh, we'll have a third podcast about about the addiction-free futures, and we'll address that. What we're going to do the next one is address parents and what parents should be doing or can be doing to help manage this problem. See you next time. I'm Gene Barresa. 